Hey Conjugate Chat friends, this is Mike Cunningham from Gill Athletics and I need your help. Or maybe I need to help you. See, we have a crap ton of rubber bumper plates and other weight room items that we need to clearance. We need to clear them out of our factory. That's right, a crap ton. That's the official measurement. All offers will be considered. Email me at mcunningham at gillathletics.com to see the full list and check out the show notes right here on Conjugate Chats for a link to see the items and my email address. Thanks everybody and stay strong. And welcome back to another episode of the Conjugate Chats. Before going into the episode, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to this episode and uh, taking the time to sit down and just listen in on what we got going on here on the podcast today. Uh, a couple of things before we get going into the episode is uh, I want to do a couple ad reads for our sponsors, starting with the DOYSC, the Department of Young Strength Coaches. This group is designed for young strength coaches wanting to go into the field of strength conditioning, whether that's CSCS prep, GA or internship opportunities, or even live discussions. They are a resource for young coaches to take advantage of. I'll put the link to the Discord in the description of this episode. Also, Team Builder. Team Builder is a software for performance coaches around the world. Their powerhouse platform provides Coaches with the elevated experience when it comes to program development, data tracking, and staying connected with athletes and clients. Team Builder is also full of tools that coaches need, like multiple max training methods, 16 plus reports, evaluation testing, and goal setting to name a few. Coaches also have access to consultations with Team Builder's in-house sports scientists to help manage and analyze data. Head to teambuilder.com and sign up with the promo code CONJUGATE to receive a 30-day free trial as well as a 52-week football workout program. Please be sure to sit back, listen in, and enjoy this episode of the Conjugate Chats. Thank you. And welcome back to another episode of the Conjugate Chat. I'm your host, John Mark Raspberry, current strength coach over at Dyer County High School. I have on a, a uh, very special guest on today. I have Brian Walker from the Cleveland Guardians. Brian, uh, welcome to the Conjugate Chats, man. It's awesome to have you on. Oh, I appreciate you taking the time and uh, having me on today. I'm looking forward to this conversation for sure. Yes, sir. So... Uh, give the listeners just a synopsis about you, where you've been, how'd you get into training conditioning, how'd you get into the Cleveland Guardians baseball training conditioning world? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think I think how like most strength and conditioning coaches kind of start out is that I played sports growing up, right? Uh, you name it, I tried playing it. I played soccer, I played baseball, um, I played football, I played hockey even, um, kind of touched on everything. So um, grew up playing that. Uh, my mom was very adamant in getting me in uh, a lot of things to kind of uh, build camaraderie and like be around other kids and all that stuff. So um, going into high school, things I gravitated to were football and baseball. Um, kind of did that all the way up until I came to the crossroads of going to high school. Um, was playing a football game with no pads, ended up breaking my left arm trying to tackle a junior in high school. So that wasn't really smart on my part, but kind of pushed me into the realm of baseball. Um, and that's where I kind of, um, kind of, 
put all my eggs in one basket in high school and ended up getting a scholarship to play Division One baseball at Florida Gulf Coast University. Um, so that was a dream come true for me to sign a letter of intent to be able to do that. So while I was there, um, I also grew up, my mom was a nurse growing up. Uh, so I played sports, she was a nurse. So why not? I figured from an academic standpoint, why not put the two together? So I was looking to get into sports medicine. Um, so was going to do that, but um, truly believe everything happens for a reason. Kind of got derailed. Uh, went to the sports medicine department, kind of was looking how to apply and get into the program and all that. And they straight up like told me everything, but then eventually asked me like, oh, what brings you to Florida Gulf Coast University? And I told them I was a student athlete on the baseball team. They're like, oh, they're like, yeah, we don't really take student athletes. And the reason was because of such a demand from the sports medicine, like academic track. And obviously as a student athlete with practices, games and all that stuff, it just never really worked out. Um, so I had to make the ultimate decision. Hey, do I want to continue my dream of playing division one baseball or, and put all my eggs in one basket, or do I try to at least have a plan B if baseball doesn't work out and get a good education? So made the hard decision of leaving um, before all this free agency slash uh, um, transfer portal stuff happened. Um, I I ended up transferring uh, to a division two in West Palm Beach, Florida, Palm Beach and Atlantic University, where I was able to do sports medicine while I play baseball. Uh, played there for four years. Um, had I, I guess I played pretty decent to where I was able to play professionally for two years after that. Um, but uh, with my education, I got it in sports medicine with an emphasis in athletic training. Um, so I didn't sit for my board of certifications before I started playing pro ball. Um, so when I came back, I was going to kind of start that up, but I wanted to give baseball a chance before I kind of went back down that road. So, um, when I came back, not knowing that your approval to take the border for certifications is two years. So when I came back, I, I had to, um, pretty much decide, uh, if I wanted to go back to school for one more year in order to get that reapproval in order to take my border certification. So, um, it was a private school. Um, I was there originally on a baseball scholarship. Clearly, I didn't play there anymore, so I wasn't on a baseball scholarship. So I was like, oh, no, I don't want to be in debt when it came to that. So like I said, everything happens for a reason. Kind of pushed me into uh, one of my buddies uh, worked in the private sector, um, and I was able to intern under him for about six months and thought I did a decent job to the point of becoming a full-time sports performance coach at that facility in Boca Raton, Florida. Um, it was great. Loved it. Um, facility was about like 10 minutes from the beach, so I couldn't complain. Um, so yeah, I was there for three, four years while I was there. Um, I had the luxury, like baseball is such a hotbed in Florida. So I had a few connections of people I played with and ended up starting like a, um, an MLB, uh, minor league baseball off season program there where I kind of like knew people who are local and anything and brought in guys and started training them one-on-one and all that stuff. Um, so that was fun. But then also we were like, the contract and facility for Division Two Lane University in Boca. So while I was uh, working with them, that's kind of how I got my my itch for college athletics. Um, so at one point, I I made that ultimate decision of leaving my full time job, living ten minutes from the beach, and uh, took a paid internship in Ruston, Louisiana, um, with the crazy madman by the name of Kurt Esther uh, over there at Louisiana Tech. Um, had the opportunity to work with baseball, softball there, and assist with football. Um, which was an amazing experience. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. And then um, COVID hit that spring. So I got there fall of 2019, spring of 20, COVID hit. 
And that's when everything shut down. Season got shut down. So both my teams, season got cut short. Um, so I went home for quarantine back in Florida. And while I was there, Coach Hester uh, had a connection at University of Georgia. So he asked me if I wanted to take my talents to uh, the SEC with uh, University of Georgia as a paid intern there. Um, so I got there the fall of 20. And then while I was there, um, a GA there actually got a job full time at University of Utah. So they had an opening uh, for a GA position. Um, I didn't have my master's at the time. So they asked me like, hey, do you want to get your master's and maybe stay here for another year and a half or so? And I was like, why not? Why not get experience while get a free master's education? So ultimately I ended up doing that. I had the luxury of um, either leading or helping out with 17 to 19 Olympic sports or something like that. Um, and then two years down the road, J uh, July 2022, graduated with my master's and then the guardians came calling. Um, so I looked at it as a great opportunity to kind of take that next step and uh, been here ever since, man. Can't complain. Remarkable, Brian. Um, yeah. A little, little more similarities between us. I went yeah. through a uh, kinesiology athletic training uh, okay. program as well. Right. Now, now the the caveat to this was that the program was a pre-professional degree. They didn't yeah, tell yeah. you that in the beginning. <laughs> right. So, and I was like 18 at the time. You know, I thought, you know, athletic training was just training athletes. I didn't realize right. it was the sports medicine, the yeah. you know, the 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 stem, the the ice and heat cryotherapy. Therapy. You know, right. I didn't realize. I didn't realize all that. For 18 sure. years old. For sure. Yeah, and I, got, so, I got lucky because my mom was around all that stuff, so I got a little insight into that. So, but I could see how you can easily get that mixed up. I mean, I mean, I think enrollment was down at the point when I went to college, and uh, yeah. specifically that track because everyone wants to go to exercise science, and you know, very few people want to actually be like go to the sports medicine side of things. At, yeah. I think at this particular college, so. Um, I guess they kind of stuck me in there, but at the same time, like that's valuable inv inf information that I have of how to rehab athletes and everything like that, man. So, um, kind of relate on that aspect there. Now, uh, you kind of talked about, and we're going to mention this a lot too, networking as a strength sure. coach, because, yeah. you know, one person can go somewhere like this GA can go to, uh, you know, go intern for the Mets, and then now you got a connection with the Mets, and then right. you know now to the Guardians, or you can go to another D one college, or you know, networking is huge in the strength world because the world's so small. That yeah. the strength world is so small. Without a doubt, without a doubt. So, what are some things that you do to network with others? Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of crazy when I, like I said, when I took that leap of faith to leave my full-time job in the private sector and go to Louisiana Tech University. I mean, my, my mindset was that like, I wanted to take, make the most of this opportunity. Um, I knew Coach Hester was somebody that was super known in the field, um, but I didn't want it to be one of those things where it's like, I latch onto him and hope that he just like hands me the network. You know what I mean? Um, so while I was there, I, w <laughs> I probably wouldn't recommend anybody like go visit uh, the rest of Louisiana and like North Louisiana. If you're thinking of Louisiana, you're thinking of like New Orleans, Baton Rouge, where LSU is and all that stuff. But yeah, man, uh, Louisiana Tech, there wasn't much to do. So, I mean, I just had this crazy idea. Um, it kind of it started with Coach Hester. Like my thought process was like, he's super respected in this field. 
So my whole thing was like, I wanted to ask him, I'm like, all right, who does he respect, right? So um, while I was there and we kind of like spent some time with each other, he was, he was, he was pretty adamant that I would have like somewhat of a future in baseball um, just because my passion for it and my love for it. So he actually gave me like three names to, to start with. He's like, hey, here are three names, reach out to them, make sure you drop my name and I'm, I'm sure they'll get right back to you. And lo and behold, like I sent him an email that night, all three got back to me. Um, and that was awesome. So from there, you know, talking to those three people, um, they ended up giving me, I asked them, like, I had a series of questions and I still have that notebook to this day. It's kind of, it's kind of jangled up because it's like, it was, I ended up filling it from cover to cover with all the conversations that I had. But yeah, from those three, they gave me people that they recommended. So then I reached out to those people and I ended up reaching out. So then I got to the point point, I was like, Hey, why not? Like, I, uh, the names that he gave me were like coaches in the power five. Um, so I was like, you know what, why not? Like I looked up every school in all the power five conferences and I decided to do the crazy thing of sending one email to one coach at every power five school, um, in the country. Um, so it came out to be a lot of work now that I look back at it, but you know, I kind of had a goal of like, Oh, I want to try and talk to at least two, three coaches a week. I don't want to overwhelm myself because obviously I had my duties with baseball, softball, but when I had downtime, I would take the time to reach out to a coach, spend time talking to them 30, 45 minutes, sometimes an hour. Some of them weren't so talkative, so that would be like quick conversations. But yeah, man, I, I reached out. Uh, funny enough, like I think I read, uh, I sent out over like 100 emails. I probably got like 60 to 70 back. Um, and then I just kind of scheduled out stuff. So every conversation I had, I had a series of questions and usually followed up with like, you know, who are people that you uh, realize? But yeah, when it comes to networking, like I think the biggest thing for me that I kind of um, I kind of went into it was that the fact that like I really wanted to be adamant on really portraying that I didn't want anything in return because I don't blame coaches. Like coaches nowadays, you know that networking and making connections is like people are trying to talk to you so they can get something in return, right? My whole thing is that I just generally wanted information because I was in the private sector, so I didn't really like know the ins and out of the college and professional so i wanted to learn so why not ask the people that's been like uh integrated in that for years and years so i truly wanted to learn from their experiences and every single one was super different so it was something that i learned from each but yeah that's one of the big things is that like when i reached out i i wanted to make it a point of like not expecting anything in return i didn't want Hey, when you see a job open, can you let me know? Like, can you do this? Can you do that? Like, it was just genuinely like, you've had your experiences. All I want to know is what you learned from your experiences. What was good? What was bad? What would you do different? And then any any type of uh, any type of advice you might have for me. Um, that way, for me personally, I felt like that was super helpful and like kind of expediting my my uh, my path, right? Because I'm taking I'm learning from somebody that maybe took five years to learn something that didn't work. And they told me, so then I might have been able to squeeze those five years that they took to learn that into like five months and then be able to kind of progress in that standpoint. But yeah, super important. But I think the major key for that is just like not going into it, expecting something in return like right away without continuing to build a relationship and set that foundation of a relationship. I also think that kind of makes you stand out a little bit because, without you know, these power, these power five you know, coaches probably get hundreds of emails saying, you know, if a GA opens up or internship opens up, can I, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. keep me in mind or, you know, something like that. And you're just like, I just want to know. I just want knowledge. Yeah. 
and like without I don't want anything else. I just I just want knowledge. Like yeah. that's incredible, man. Yeah, without a doubt. And it was it was fun. Like I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I, I still got a list of the ones that didn't answer my my messages because with Instagram, you know who reads your messages and all that stuff. Um, it actually was funny. Uh, there was one coach that I reached out um to in the SEC, and I think like. I tried messaging him multiple times within like with like months at a time or anything, and uh, they they just didn't answer my messages or anything like that. And funny enough, as soon as I get the position at Georgia, um, that coach was the first one uh, to message me saying, "Welcome to the SEC." So it's stuff like that. I mean, for me, the flip side of it is like I, I I'm humble enough to say that I was at that point not too long ago. I mean, that was 2019. We're in 2023, so yeah, four years ago. But like still so i try to make it a point that when coaches reach out to me i mean i got the guardians logo on now and i don't know if there's this misnomer of like hey he's a professional baseball he must know everything i don't yeah that ain't that ain't it but people reach out and they want to ask questions but i always refer back to the time that i'm sitting in Preston, louisiana humbly humbly reaching out to all these coaches and i just wanted a response and just to have a conversation so I kind of keep that in the back of my mind when other coaches take the time and it's not easy to put yourself out there to try and ask questions. So I try to at least do, um, the, at least do that for them and try to provide them with any um, answers I have based on my experience at this point. And it really shows too, because we've had some conversations, you know, back and forth a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's easy to be, you know, look at the logo on your chest and say, well, I'm a, I'm a pro baseball strength coach, you know, yeah. on a, you know, on the high and mighty horse, but like, yeah, you know, you're not caught up in that, I guess, limelight and you're really humble yeah. about what you do. And it just goes back to those moments of like, I was a coach one to seek knowledge and, yeah. you know, when other people are one to be that and you, you kind of, you know, you've been in their shoes and yeah. you, you know what it's like to seek knowledge and you just want, you just want to know, yeah, like you, you sure. just want, you just want a conversation. You just want, you know, to dig deep into, you know, certain aspects of different programs and, you know, talk shop almost. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that, that's incredible, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I sometimes also think like, Everybody's not like me. I like I know people that generally know me know me, but I like I'll talk to anybody. Like you tell me to go talk to the person down the street, whatever, I'll talk to them. It is what it is. Like I can look at everybody's everybody's a person. Like no one's I feel like no one's more important than, than the other. So I kinda have that mindset, but I know that's not easy, right? Because now in the social media world, like if I randomly reach out to a coach or just like whatever, I, I, I don't blame them if they're like, yo, who's this creep that just like randomly messaged me on social media? But yeah, I try to I try to kind of have that in the forefront of my mind to make sure and try to make people as comfortable as possible, especially when they they take the time and make the effort to reach out. So, and another thing that I really want to talk about with you is valuing yourself, valuing yourself in this field, because yeah. it's lost to it's you it can you can easily get lost in the fact of like, well, this person's doing this and this person's yeah. doing that. And Brian's yeah. over there doing whatever with the Cleveland you know, Indians or I'm sorry, yeah. Guardians. Both, uh, baby, both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's easy for strength coaches to look on Twitter, look on Instagram, look on social media and be like, what am I doing wrong? You know, yeah. imposter syndrome starts to kick in and then you're not uh, posting as much and then you go down this deep, you know, spiral. You know, uh, what are some things that you do to you know, remind yourself and 
you know, to put value back into yourself. Because it's easy to put value out into the strength world. This is what we're right. doing, you know, everything like that. But, you know, valuing yourself is, you know, more of an internal thing. What do yeah. you do to keep yourself valued? Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I think the first priority thing is just, like, be you, man. Like, for me, I'm outgoing. Like, the best person you can be is yourself. There's no one else in the world like yourself, right? So. I think just using that to your advantage, like, like I said, I'm a very outgoing person. I'm very loud. And, but then I can also be uh, very intimate in the standpoint of like building relationships. I like, I think on some interviews, like obviously you get that typical question, what are your strengths and weaknesses? Like I truthfully, honestly say one of my strengths is building relationships. I truly feel like that is one of my strengths because I'm the person that's like, I care about people first. Like when it comes to value, say you come into a job, I can care less what the logo is. I can care less where it's at or anything like that. If the people aren't right, I could care less. Like it's a power five school and it's like on paper, it's like that no brainer job. That's fine. But then if the people aren't right, like you couldn't pay me enough to, to, to be in that. Now, granted, like, yes, we need money to pay for bills, uh, pay for kids when you get to that point, pay for a house or anything like that. But I mean, your, your sanity and your happiness, that's something you cannot, like, you can't put a price tag on. So I think the biggest thing is, like, knowing yourself and knowing what you value. So in value for me, like, I'm really big on family. Like, my family comes first and foremost. That is the epitome. Like, if I make a decision to either take another job, the first people I'm checking with is my family, right? So making sure that, hey, there's everybody on board with this. Like, it's not just a me decision. It's a we decision. So having that value um, and doing that, but then being humble enough, it's like, it's a two way street, right? Being a humble enough to know that like, I don't have it all figured out. So I've got to the point where I've kind of narrowed down like mentors that I have that truly know me and know what I value and know who I am and what I can bring to the table. And I genuinely wholeheartedly like no strings attached, no, no, uh, um, no uh, reservations or anything that like, will tell me what it is like, Hey, this is what I, this is a value that I think you can bring to the table. Now you just need to work to your strengths and move to that. So if it comes to a money value, like, yeah, I might not have been in the game that long, but the unique experience that I have, whether it's like, I started out full time, then I went into a paid internship. Then I went into another paid internship. Then I was a GA and then now I'm back full time again. But you know, in the collegiate and professional, it seems like people only see the you were a paid intern, then a paid intern, whatever, and then this was your first uh, full-time job. Oh, well, we're, we're going to pay you X amount as if it's an uh, entry-level position. But it's like, this ain't my first rodeo. Like, I've been able to work with players now that are in the league that are making millions and millions of dollars. So if I feel like I've done a great job with them, and I'm not going to name drop or anything like that. If you know me, you know who I've worked with. But, like, it's one of those where – if I brought value to them and they're having success and I feel like I'm a pretty damn good coach, like, you know what I mean? So um, I think I put myself at a certain value and if that value is not met, you got to be okay with walking away. Right. Cause you see all these jobs. I mean, you see it, Jay, like you see it on Twitter where it's like, sooner the job is posted for like 25,000 SNC Twitter just goes crazy. Like what kind of job is this? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's funny to me because it's like, the real ones that I do follow and you're one of them is just like, you kind of look at it and it's like, okay, cool. It's a $25,000 job. Don't take it. Like if you value yourself enough, don't take the job. Like it is what it is. Somebody's going to take it. And yes, if you want to get into the whole thing of like moving the field forward and all that, 
I get that. But like at the end of the day, if you value yourself enough, you're not going to take that job. You know what jobs you're, 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 you're going to be up for. And then until that point, be where your feet's at, get, get better, bring more value. The way I look at it is that when I learn something new, all I'm trying to do is put more money in my pocket later. So then if it's like, you know, sports science is a new wave right now. So if I'm an SNC coach that's very diverse in, in sports science and can utilize a lot of resources, why not ask for more money, right? You're pretty much doing two people's jobs nowadays, right? So it's just, it goes back to, I know that was a long way to answer, but it goes back to knowing yourself, knowing what you bring to the table and having confidence in that. And don't be afraid to ask for assistance or help of like, hey, am I being realistic about that? Because you can get overzealous and overconfident and be like, man, let me get, I, I think I deserve a million dollars. And you got to have those people that be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, you're good, but you're not that good. But then being humble enough to ask those questions, but then still, like I said, sticking to your core values and then kind of moving forward with that. Yeah, man. And I always enjoy those job opening posts on Twitter. <laughs> so I love to see uh, strength and conditioning Twitter just absolutely blow up for yeah. you know, next 10 hours or so. But but you did mention a good point of like, if you value yourself and you don't want to take a job that's worth fifteen, twenty thousand dollars, and then don't like, yeah, it's just that simple. Then don't yeah. you know don't like, you know, there's plentiful jobs out there that will pay you higher, that will right. pay you a good amount. You know, it might not be strength and conditioning. Keep it in mind, but like, right. there are other jobs that you could do if you want to make more money. If you're in it for right. just the money, right. you know. I get it that, you know, um, I'm always a component of, like, you know, you got to get experience, man. Through internship, GA, you know, low-paying job, whatever. You got to have some form of, you know, experience. For sure. But look at the situations that you're at, but too. Like, if you got a wife and kids, maybe a $15,000 job ain't, you know, going to cut it. You know, exactly. if, if you're like me and, you know, your wife's the breadwinner of the family... Then maybe, okay. you know, then maybe, but, yeah. you know, on, on that aspect of there, like, yeah, I understand, you know, we, we want to move the profession forward and it should, but if that doesn't line up with your criteria, right, it doesn't line up with your life, then don't take it. Don't exactly. lie for it. Exactly. Exactly. And I know I mentioned that a couple of times on social media and kind of got to not backlash about it, but like. There's other things you got to consider, right? And I, I wholeheartedly respect the standpoint that, like, you know, for me, I'm getting married soon and I don't have a family yet. You got people that are married and have kids and all that stuff. So, like, sometimes then they, they don't got a choice because they got to handle, like, what they have in front of their plate right now. Like, you know, some people have the luxury of being able to kind of, like, kind of work their way right now because they're trying to set themselves up for the future. So not everybody has that luxury. So I totally get the aspect of, like, it play to your situation and you made that point play to your situation. Like if you're able to do that and you're able to hold out until you get something worth your value, then cool. If not, and you have to do make it happen, then cool too. Like at the end of the day, you got to do what's best for you. And that's where it goes back to knowing your value and what you need right now. And if it's your family, that's a priority for you. And you got to make these moves, whatever it is for your family. And so be it, do it all the power to you. Like that's what matters to you. Then make it happen. And I was sitting there thinking, like, if I was a college graduate with my CSCS, you know, yeah, yeah. no bill, single, could do, you know, take on hell with a war gun, the whole right, nine right. miles, like, maybe a job like that would be a good stepping stone into sure. what I want later. But, sure. you know, always look at what your 
situation is. You know, yes. if if your expenses are really really high and your pay is really really low, you probably don't need that job. So exactly, exactly. Uh, kind of changing gears a little bit. Mentorship. You yeah. mentioned some of the mentors that you've had, and I'm sure you've had or are having people that you know you're mentoring yourself. Yeah. So, what do you do to help out the people that you're mentoring? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just the education piece, right? Because I think it goes back to the aspect of like I had the luxury of reaching out to coaches, coaches that were like an open book. That anything I asked, they gave me the answer. And like I said, like something that might have taken them five years to get, they let me know, like, hey, this is how I would have done it differently, or this is how I would have went about it. So that when I come to that situation, I don't take five years to do that or anything like that. Because like I, I get it. I'm fortunate, right? Like not every path is like this. I mean, I, I leave a job, I get a paid internship right away. People don't get paid internships. You gotta go volunteer intern and then work to a paid internship. I went paid internship. Then I moved to a paid internship at a power five school in the SEC. Then I moved into a graduate assistantship within five months of that. And then right after that, I got my first full-time job in professional baseball. That just doesn't happen. Right. And I think that is a testament to honestly, not even me, but like to the coaches that were so open to like letting me know that stuff. So for me, when it comes to like mentoring anybody that reaches out or anything, it's just the education part. Like, Hey, this is what you're going to expect. This is what's going to happen. This is the reality of it. Like, if you have this kind of like unrealistic aspect of SNC, like it's going to smack you in the face. And I promise I'd rather it smack you in the face now than five years down the road when you could have done a better job with those five years. Right. So, I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be reminiscent if I didn't like uh, uh, give a shout out to like one of my favorite mentors. I don't care. People in the field probably think he's crazy, but my man, like Kurt Hester, dude, like, my man took me on. I was a nobody, like still a nobody, by the way. I was a nobody in the private sector, had no experience in collegiate athletics. But like I said, I was contracted to a division two and the, the man took a chance on me. Granted, like the situation of the job, I think it was a thousand dollars a month after taxes, $800 a month or whatever. He's just getting any type of help that he can, but he took a chance on me. I'm looking back at my resume. That I mean, it was like absolute dog, dog water. Like, but he took a chance and I'll, I'll never forget the first day, Coach Hester, I walked in that weight room. I go, hey, Coach Hester, uh, my name is Brian Walker. Uh, nice to finally meet you. He's like, hey, Brian, here's some paperwork I got you to do. Um, pretty simple with me. I brought you in to do work, not put work on my desk. Um, uh, at the end of the day, if you need me, I'm here for you. If you got questions, I'll answer them. But if you're, if you're not here to work, I'll find somebody else that does. And right from there, like I'm sure anybody would have been like, oh snap like what did i sign myself up but for me i was like sweet let's get it because again it goes back to the education but then also providing opportunities for people right like how do you know what people can bring to the table without giving them the opportunity to learn but then also giving them the opportunity to fail right there was many a times that louisiana tech i failed but coach hester gave me the opportunity to work with a baseball team with a softball team that that ended up winning multiple conference championships Baseball team the next year was top 16 in the nation in Division One. hosted a regional, um, won multiple conference championships. Coach Burroughs, Coach Gaspar, Coach Silva, who's at Nickel State right now, had the luxury of working with them, learning so much uh, uh, from them. Um, yeah, and having the opportunity to work with that caliber team, that caliber team in mid-major. Now, if you look at it, it's like, no, we're not just going to hire a paid intern to work with these teams. Like, we won multiple conference championships. 
uh, multiple uh, NCAA appearances and all that stuff. But I had the opportunity to learn pretty much what it felt like to be full-time because that is a full-time job. A lot of these jobs we do see is baseball, softball, and then maybe you're assisting with another sport. Um, that's a full-time job. So going into my next opportunity at Georgia, that gave me the confidence to not only have the confidence in what I did, but then also have the confidence in not being afraid to fail and not being able, afraid to take the opportunity to learn, right? Because you're always, you're always going to fail. I don't care. Like I'm in pro baseball. I failed multiple times already. But the luxury about it is, again, it comes back to the people. It's, it's, it's not a bad thing to fail, but then how can you learn from it? So I'm around a bunch of people that are in this when it comes to development that aren't afraid to fail and aren't afraid to continue to learn. No one has it figured out. No one has all the answers. So I think letting people know and mentoring and letting them know, like, hey, this is the approach. Like, have an open mind. Don't be closed-minded. Don't be stuck to one method. There's a most cliche thing. There's a thousand ways to skin a cat. There's a thousand ways to get to a goal. Like, be open-minded, but then also don't be afraid. Like, continue to learn. Don't stop learning. Like, Coach Hester's been doing this. He's now at Tulane. He's been doing this for damn near forever. And that man is still learning. I know he's still learning. And What's stopping him from being like, hey, I'm good. Like, I've done what I've done. I mean, he was at LSU at one point. He's done all that. But he continues to learn. So that's something I took from him. And I try to pass on to people that maybe reach out to me or mentoring to them as well. And I also think the component of being that straight shooter with people that you're mentoring as well. Like, you can't be like, I'm not going to say gatekeeping, but like keeping information, you know, valuable information that you may have learned or, you know, from a failure situation to pass on to your mentors or, yeah, to your mentors or the people that you are mentoring because, you know, that's stuff that you learn and that's value information. Failure is way more, what was it? Failure is the best teacher. Like Without a doubt. And you got to be a straight shooter with the people that, you know, look up to you and value what you have to say and your knowledge and your expertise. Because, you know, in the field so small, I mean, it's, you're passing that information on to another coach. And then that coach is learning things on their own and they pass it on to their, you know, people, sure. their mentor. And, you know, you know, it's just, yeah, yeah. For sure. And I mean, like, to your point, the two points that, uh, that I'd probably make on what you just said is like, when it comes to that feedback, I thoroughly enjoy direct feedback. Don't beat around the bush. Tell me what it is. If I'm not doing a good job, tell me how to do it. Uh, t- tell me how to do, uh, go about it or tell me I'm not doing a good job. But then also layer that with how could I get better? Like, give me the opportunity to get better. Like, another mentor of mine that I have, I consider him like a big brother mentor, is uh, Coach uh, Quentin Eberhardt. He's a uh, University of Tennessee uh, uh, baseball. He's in Omaha right now doing his thing, hopefully winning a national championship. I'm pulling for him even though I'm a Georgia Bulldog at heart. Yeah, UT, baby, go Vols. So he's been a guy that, like, man, we've met maybe a handful of times, but he'll, like, I call him, he drops everything, and, like, I'll give him a situation that I'm dealing with, and he'll tell me straight up. Like, he is my guy for, like, unfiltered, no bar none, like, straight feedback. And I felt like I've learned so much from him, even though I've never directly worked with him, but, like, that's my guy, like, that's my big brother. That's my guy. If I need anything, like I can go to him. I can like vulnerably and humbly go to him and he'll tell me what it is, but then he'll always follow up with like, yo, this is, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to get better. Don't get, um, 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 go get all caught up in failing, just learn from it. So to your point about like failing, 
dude, I heard this quote one time and it was like, I, I think it was recent. I, I don't remember who said it, but um, it's like, uh, when it comes to winning or losing, you never lose. You either win or you, ha- you have the opportunity to learn. You never lose because if you fail, that's an opportunity to learn. And that's actually a quote that I've kind of used with my players, especially in baseball. You fail all the time. If you fail seven out of 10 times, you're going to the Hall of Fame. It's a game of failure. So that's, that's, that's one thing I tell them is like, don't get caught up in the failure and don't get caught up in the negatives. Like use it as an opportunity to learn. What, what could you have done on that pitch? What could you have done on that at bat? What could you have done if you come in the weight room and you didn't hit the weight that you wanted to hit or um, move the way that you wanted to do? Like, how can you learn from it? Because um, for me, that's been super powerful for them to kind of switch that mindset. But then for me, it's like, it, it's one of those where like, I'm not afraid to fail. It's okay to fail. So I either, it, it's a win-win situation. I'm either winning and I'm making progress and I'm getting results and all that, or I'm failing and I'm learning and I'm getting better and I'm developing. And it goes back to that point of, uh, that value standpoint, I'm creating more value for myself. I'm seeking the knowledge. So that way, when it gets to an opportunity where if somebody's looking for a coach and whatever, I've been able to, uh, you know, go through these different avenues, go through different resources, anything to come to an answer and figure it out. You know what I mean? Remarkable, Brian. I mean, and that's just a testament to your character because, you know, there's two ways that you could look at failure. You could look yeah. at failure as an opportunity to learn, right? Yeah opportunity to get better or you look at failure as well i suck and you know i'm gonna put myself down (laughs) you know and that you know there's people and i mean it's very easy to get caught up in you know negativity no uh, especially down yourself and um everything like that man Mm -hmm. so uh i love that point there of either you can take it and you know let it crush you or basically you can fight back and learn something from it Without a doubt, without a doubt. That's how, that's, that's how it's got to be, man. Life is hard, man. No one has a playbook for it. So there's the only way you learn is by failing. And then now, now you learn from that failure to like move forward. So I always, I always tailor it back to life. Like I always, I always say like SMC is something that we do. It's not who we are. I even said that on multiple occasions. Like, I'm sorry, man. I'm not going to get caught up in all the SMC stuff or whatever. Like at the end of the day, life is good. Like I got a great, great job. I'm about to, Marry uh, the woman of my life. Uh, I'm living in Arizona where there's great weather, except right now it's 150 degrees. But other than that, like life is good. Like sometimes you kind of gotta not take it so seriously and just kind of have a whole open mind to everything, you know. Absolutely, Brian. And let's talk about the last thing here: camaraderie. You know, yes. there's there's a lot of camaraderie, and especially in team sports, and especially professional level with baseball. So, yeah. what do you do? I, I, even with the staff as well, you gotta have camaraderie with your staff, with your sports scientists, uh, with your athletic trainers, with your sport coaches, your pitching coach, you, you know, all wh- whoever's involved in the organization. For so sure. what? So what do you do to help help build camaraderie in your um, coaching staff uh, as a strength coach, trying to you know establish that, and also to instill it within your players. Without a doubt. Um, I think for both of those, to answer both questions, it starts with a foundation of relationship. I don't care what you say. Like, before I get to the X's and O's of what I do as a job or what I bring to the table as a strength and conditioning coach, like, I think the most important to me is knowing who you are as an athlete, knowing who you are as a coworker, know who you are as a sports scientist, a pitching coach, or anything like that. Because for me, that gives me a better look and a better idea of, like, why you think the way that you think, right? 
And then from there, let's dive into the X's and O's of like what what uh, what we can do to kind of build off of that, right? Um, I always make the joke because I'm from Florida. So like I always think like if you're building a house, I would hope to God you build it on a nice foundation, right? Um, because you could build the nicest house, but in Florida, if a hurricane comes along and you don't have a good foundation, say bye-bye to that house, right? So I look at that as that, like, that's got to be a relationship. So um, another point is that it's just communication, like open and honest communication. Like if something is not working, being humble enough to say like, hey, this isn't working, but how can we make it better? Asking great questions. Like it, it's one of those where it's like, I know from every internship that I've been a part of or I've seen or anything, one of the curriculum is like, make sure you ask questions. Like ask as many questions if you want to learn. Well, shoot, I'm still asking questions and I'm in my full-time job working with some of the best athletes in the sport of baseball, right? Um, so I think being humble enough to like ask questions and yeah, man, to the point of like, just being a good person, man. Um, at the end of the day, like be a good person and then work hard. Like I think that goes such a long way because people sometimes like it's human nature that like if somebody feels like you're attacking or whatever, there's going to be some resistance. Like, oh, whoa, like, you know what I'm saying? And then that wall comes up. But like generally asking, like, even even if it's like, hey, we're not talking about pitching. If I talk to one of my pitching coaches and it kind of seems like, you know, they, they kind of got kicked in the leg or something like that. It's like taking the time to be like, hey, man, you all right? Like, what's going on? Uh, how's the family? How's, how's uh, your parents? How's any of that? Like, that kind of goes back to, you talk about progressions and re- regressions and, and, and strength and condition. Like, yeah, ideally we want to progress all the time, but how many times are you regressing to kind of like get to the bare bones of like how someone's doing or where they're at mentally and all that stuff, because you're only going to get the best out of people when they're in a good place mentally and physically. Right. So um, yeah, I think camaraderie is a big thing. And I mean, in, in the, in the field of strength and conditioning, like, I think that's the one thing that we miss. Like I will give it, this is my time to show you some love, dude. What what warmed my heart the most recently was, dude, when you passed your CSCS and everybody came out of the woodwork and they literally were telling you congratulations. Like, I took time to look at your tweet and look at all the replies and all the coaches that took the time to be like, congrats. Uh, I know this was a long time coming. Uh, blah, blah. I actually was talking to one of my coworkers, Ryan Fair, who's pretty active on Twitter too. And we were talking about how, like, even that time, that seeing everybody show love, like, dude, that's what you need more of, man. We don't have to figure out. We're all doing the same thing. We have our group of athletes. We're trying to increase their performance so they can be successful on the field. I get there's that aspect of you're in the same conference and you're going against each other. Like, don't get it twisted. Like I said, my mentor, Quentin Eberhardt, I was at Georgia. I was talking so much crap to him when I was over there, like when we were playing. But at the end of the day, like, it still was whether we swept them, they swept us, whatever. I can call him the next day and he's helping me with something if I need to figure it out because. He has so much experience in pro baseball at the time. And I was still trying to learn everything in the ins and outs of baseball when it came to like collegiate and professional. I think, dude, camaraderie, like that's something we need, we need more of. Like no one's got it all figured out, dude. Like we all spot, we all deadlift, we all push, pull, we all carry. Okay. We have different ways of doing it. Um, shoot. Russell Wilson. I'll make a point on that. He had a football. Take away the football. How was his workout? I thought it was awesome. Like he was doing a frontal plane exercise. He was doing some core. He was doing some unilateral stuff, whatever. Everybody was so focused on the football to the point that they were arguing on the football. Who cares? Like, see what you can take away from that. That's a professional athlete making a lot of money doing these exercises and actually doing a pretty decent workout. He wasn't doing no balance on a BOSU ball with a barbell with bands and kettlebells hanging from it or anything like that. Like, he he was doing a good job. Like, man, we just need to have more conversations, try to help each other and kind of 
I feel like that's a big thing. I, I made the point of moving the field forward. That's that's a good first step. Um, I, I made the point of like for young coaches, like we do that all on here. And it's like, it, it's funny. We act a fool and act a clown. Like last time I checked, these power five schools aren't trying to hire a clown or a fool uh, to run their strength and conditioning department, right? So you're doing all that and arguing pretty much what are you ultimately doing? You're, you're taking money out of your pocket because these coaches see it. Like I'm pretty sure I left University of Georgia and the coaches that I work with there still follow me. So what does that look like if I wanted to go back to Georgia or anything like that? So yeah, camaraderie, I think it's huge. I think it's, it's something that not only would help you in your workplace, uh, work at home, but then also like helps the world, man, help the world move it, move forward and kind of, and, and kind of move the needle forward, both, uh, both in life and in, in your profession. Absolutely. And I want to touch on a couple of things there, Brian. One is like on the relationship aspect, yeah. right? Athletes don't want to be in the weight room or on the field court with an asshole, right? Yeah. <laughs> they they don't. They don't want to be in you know in the weight room with a guy that's just or a girl that's just an absolute asshole and yeah. you know hard to work with, man. Yeah. Um, the same thing with coaches, like. Sport coaches don't want someone that's hard to work with in the weight room, wow, highway man. to highway mentality, you know, not willing to learn, you know, stuff, you know, stuff like that, man. So relationships right. is a huge aspect of, you know, our job. And that's one thing I kind of figured out pretty quickly was, you know, from Twitter, social media, and then into my job, right? I'm still a school teacher and a strength coach. So yeah. my, my relationship with the other teachers and admin and the other coaches is huge. Because if they don't trust me, if I don't have a good relationship with them, they're not going to trust me with their athletes, their strength program, their, you know, whatever program. And, yeah, I mean, that goes a long way. Um, the other side of thing you talked about a little bit with uh, strength and conditioning, Twitter, you know, it's, it's a great thing when people can come together. It yes. really is. And yeah. we see great things when people actually do come together. Right, yeah. the CNCS is regardless of what you think of the test, which I I, I have my own opinions. I'll stay out of it, Point but it but you know, um, it's an achievement, right? And it's an achievement for anyone. You did it, bro. You did it. Right, and so I want to be that next person, whoever passes the CS, because I got plenty full of messages about, <laughs> hey, what did you do for the CSCS? What did right. you do? How did you study? What did I need? You know, you know the, all the all the questions that I asked when I was I studying for this test, and you know, I want to provide value back into those people that are asking me these questions that I've asked, you know, multiple people about, sure. and this is just a CSCS example right yeah. you know put it into strength and conditioning you know i want to put value back into people that you know when i message you kind of talked about too when i message you know this power five school or this director of strength and conditioning this right. director of sports science hey how did you learn this hey you know i just want to know you know that's that's the difference maker in our field without a doubt without a doubt yeah i can't i can't reiterate that enough i mean like you start to see the people that truly do value that. And it's like you said, there's some powerful stuff. There's some like so much things that I've learned. Like um, it's actually funny. I always, I always look at like Twitter. I mean, it's inevitable. You see arguments on there, but like I kind of flip my perspective instead of focusing on all the arguments that's going on. I'm like, all right, well you got a hundred strength coaches that might be arguing, whatever. I just found out a hundred ways to do a squat and how to go about it in different like perspectives of it. 
So, I mean, I felt like I won. Um, and, and in the sense, like, I don't have a partake in that, but I'm, I'm learning something. Uh, social media can be something that's super beneficial, whether it's an easy way to, like, network with uh, coaches. I mean, I don't even like the word networking. I like more of, like, building connections, right? Like, I'd like to reach out to a coach, ask questions, start to build a re relationship with them so that almost utilize them as a resource. And, again, going into it, like, I don't have any reserves, like, Hey, I'll figure out the job thing. If you feel like based on our conversation, genuine conversation, that if a job comes up and I made an impact on you to where you would put me up for a job, great. But like, is this something I'm going to expect? Absolutely not. Like everything happens for a reason, but yeah, you can use social media and network just like that. If you're trying to talk to a coach, they probably have a Instagram or anything. You can message them and hopefully get a message back. But um, yeah, man, it's also going to be like super detrimental on the standpoint of like you can get caught up in some mess on there, you know what I mean? So, just a matter of how you use it and how you use that resource, whether it's for good or, or, or for negative. But for me, I always try to keep that perspective, trying to keep it for good. But don't get it twisted. I have some fun um, every now and then when maybe somebody's like something outlandish. I'll more propose a question. I won't attack them. I'll propose a question to kind of see what their thought process is. And then, you know, try to have a conversation. When it kind of gets ugly, I kind of myself in the situation. And that's kind of been my approach. So it's been worked out so far. Absolutely, man. Let's go ahead and start wrapping some things up. So yeah. this last segment is called Conjugate Coach Spotlight. So yeah. do you have anyone out there that if you kind of already did, uh, shout out that you think is making the difference in the field of strength conditioning? Yeah, I mean... Shoot. If you get the opportunity to talk to him, Kurt Hester, um, he's awesome, man. I can't, I love that guy to death. Like, um, shoot, I bought him a bottle of whiskey before I left. I know that's something that he enjoys sitting by the fire, uh, especially in Louisiana at the time. Um, he's been super awesome. Uh, Quinn Eberhard at uh, University of Tennessee. Like, like I said, that's a big brother of mine. I, I love him. If you ever get the chance to talk to him, um, super knowledgeable, super real. All right. Like if you ask a question, you're going to get a real answer. So. Um, be prepared for that. Um, shoot, Coach Donnie Mabe at University of Texas. He's been a guy that I've known, been in a director position. So a lot of those questions that I've asked from, like, perspective of whether it's, like, going into another job or anything of, like, what his thoughts is on resumes, uh, connecting with people and all that stuff. Um, Donnie Mabe's been super awesome and uh, someone that is not so much in, like, uh, the social media world. Um, uh, Dan Perlmutter, um, he's director of Olympic sports at uh, Uni uh, Duke University. He's been a guy that I reached to, and since day one, um, I talked to him the other day. He was in uh, uh, the regional tournament uh, for baseball. He's been someone that's been super humble. And then, um, yeah, I mean, those are direct names, but, I mean, shoot, shout out to all the coaches that are humble enough to keep an open mind and, and, and aren't afraid whether they have a logo or they don't to just – try to provide some value to this field from an educational standpoint and being, being willing to help like a young strength coach. Like one thing with a young strength coach is that, yeah, they might get a rap of like being too eager or they might feel like they know everything, but like some of them just don't know. And I think a lot of it is just like, you know, humbly giving them feedback, like, Hey, that wouldn't be a good look or anything like that. Instead of just straight up, like shutting them, it's not going to help us because if you like it or not, we're getting older and they're getting older, but then they're going to come into that realm of they're going to run this field and we're going to work our way out. So if we truly care about this field and we want it to be better, then take the five or 10 minutes to talk to a young strength coach who humbly probably is looking at you to where you're someone that is of importance in this field 
and they're taking the time to reach out to you, like, don't, don't forget about that. Cause like I said, for me, it's not hard for me to forget about it. When I sent out, I sat down and sent out a hundred emails in Russell, Louisiana. And all I just wanted to do was get a response or anything like that. So yeah, shout out to all the SNC coaches that um, are willing to help uh, a coach no matter what, whether it's like someone really known or not known or just trying to seek out information. Um, yeah, man, just show love, be you. Um, don't be afraid to be you, uh, authentically you. And if people, if people like you, great. If they don't, move on. It probably wasn't a better, good situation for you anyway. So continue to be great and just move forward, not only for yourself, but um, for this field too. Absolutely. Well, Brian, I want to thank you again for, you know, taking the time and working with a crazy schedule of mine and everything like that, man. That's completely awesome for you to be on. And, um, you know, just on the, just diving deep into, you know, building connections and networking and being unapologetically yourself as well, man. Just for sure. You know, it's, it's awesome, man. I, I think it's a good refresher for all coaches to kind of listen on to as well. Absolutely. And Jay, um, from the bottom of my heart, man, thank you for reaching out. Like whether it's busy, I, I mean, I got to hop on a bus to a, a game in about 30 minutes, but I like you reached out and I wanted to make the time to like hop on here because uh, obviously you've been showing so much love. You've been a super dope person. I love following you. I love the positive energy you put out there. I love how you encourage everyone else. He being you, dude, like again, congrats on your initial journey, your new job or anything like that. Keep climbing the ladder. And if there's anything I can do for you wholeheartedly, please let me know. And I'm sure there'll be times where I'm going to reach out to you to maybe like pick your brain about stuff. Because uh, like I said, just because I got this, you know, major league uh, logo on doesn't mean I got it all figured out. So I, I, I'm sure I can learn something from you too. But thank you, man. Thank you for the time. Thank you for the love. And I appreciate you uh, reaching out and uh, finally getting this thing going for sure. Absolutely, brother. I appreciate you a lot. Yeah. And that's another episode of the Conjugate Chats. Please follow social media platforms at Conjugate Chat Podcast on Twitter and TikTok. Also, follow Brian on his social medias as well. In the name of strength, stay strong, and have a day today. And before we end this episode here, I wanted to bring the light to something. Um, Most people on here are either strength coaches or aspiring strength coaches. Um, For those that are aspiring strength coaches out there, um, I set up a Gumroad account, a store even, to provide value back into the field of strength conditioning, starting with 
Um, I have study guides on there uh, for anyone that's not past the CSCS or is going to take the CSCS. Um, these are study guides that I've developed over the last three years that I've used in my attempts to pass the CSCS, and I wanted to bring that value here to our podcast. So if you will go to the link in the description of this episode, you'll see a link to my Gumroad in which you can purchase or just download for free uh, the study guides for CSCS, a couple of my guides for in-season uh, in training, and also um, a couple of our products in there as well. Again, thank you for listening in on the Conjure Chats, and thank you for your continuous support.